This is Our House by Art, Humanity, and Action, a podcast where activists tell stories about the first time they realized they had to get involved and what happened next. I'm your host, Nicole Ferraro. I started to think I needed to get involved in a way that I hadn't before. It ain't over. We have a lot, a lot of fighting to do. I knew I had to be involved. I wanted to help. People call it a duty, like you have a duty to do certain things. You know, it sort of dawned on me that I have to do something. the people in Rise and Resist. You know, there's a there's a tendency, I think, in the non-activist world to view activists as these sort of angry budgerigars just sort of screaming at people and, and, and screaming nonstop and having tunnel vision. And they are such smart, passionate, funny people. And they're so dedicated to the work. That's J.W. Walker. He's a longtime organizer and activist who got his start during the ACT UP days fighting for hate crime legislation after the murder of Matthew Shepard. Jay was politically active for quite a while, But then he took a break. He got busy with some other things. He was working in real estate. But in June of 2016, 49 people died and 53 were wounded in the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. And that is when Jay was called back to his activist roots and back to his community. And within a matter of days, he found himself in the very first meeting of the group Gays Against Guns. That first meeting was held that following Thursday. We had not been involved in the anti-gun violence movement, but it was really important to those of us who were in that room that we cleave to our our gay roots, our LGBT roots, um, and our HIV AIDS activism roots. And we took our lead from the tactics of ACT UP and our queerness and archness and satire and uh, glitter and and in that odd way that gay people have always been able to do a sense of joy in the face of of horror we determined that that is what gays against guns needed to be we needed to take that act up path and really get out in the streets and name, blame, and shame the people who are responsible for stopping our country from having sensible gun laws. Exactly two weeks after June 12th was Pride. New York City Council member Corey Johnson, who is out gay, out HIV positive, donated his contingent in 
the Pride March to Gays Against Guns. We mobilized, we strategized, we labeled ourselves, we created our our image, we got stencils, we had a spray painting party, and we all gagged up all of our t-shirts, and we gagged up tons more to give to people who wanted to join us. And by Sunday at noon, we had about 1,000 people marching with us. We were trying to decide how were we going to uh, represent the, the people who were killed at Pulse and a key component of almost all of our actions are the human beings. They're the people that are dressed all in white uh, and veiled and they carry a placard with the um, photograph and name of a, a victim of gun violence. That, uh, that Sunday morning we had 49 people led by the, the 49th member in the front holding aloft an oversized disco ball on a pole and they marched completely silently throughout the entirety of the Pride March. And then we had space and then we had the gaggers. Gaggers with our spray-painted t-shirts and our spray-painted signs and our our chants and our shouting and our uh, just raucousness. And uh, we created a really beautiful and moving um, spectacle. was powerful and New York Times thought so and they put us above the fold on the front page of the of the paper that Monday after having been away from activism for so long it was long it was about eight years it felt like coming home and then in November of 2016 I um it was uh, it it was just a wake up call. There was so much that, as a black gay man, I just know exists in the United States of America that I know is embedded in the DNA of the United States of America that I think a lot of people allowed themselves to be convinced was not there. You know, in seeing the rise of Donald Trump within the Republican Party, uh, that really just solidified views about the Republican Party that I'd always, that I'd always known since, since my childhood. It is the party of white supremacy. It is the party of racism. All that Donald Trump did was scream what the GOP had been dog-whistling for decades. Through his activist connections, Jay joined a newly formed group called Rise and Resist, which started performing a series of high-profile actions around New York City. The first action that put Rise and Resist sort of name on the map outside of the activist community was the cough-in at the Trump International Hotel and Tower 
They made reservations to the restaurant. They sat down, and at a certain moment, they all got up and started coughing and saying, we want Obamacare, Trumpcare makes us sick. <laughs> so inspired was I at the next meeting. But I just stood up and I said, hey, guys, <laughs> President's Day is coming up. So why don't we have a not my President's Day action? And we created um, the death of the presidency, a mock New Orleans style funeral. Thank you guys so much for showing up uh, this service. Uh, is for the death of the American presidents. Not because the presidency died a natural death. The presidency has been murdered. People wore uh, costume. Uh, Muriel Radicchio was dressed as the Statue of Liberty. Mary Ellen Novak was dressed as Lady Justice, both all in black, of course, because this was a funeral. We created this wonderful joyful and passionate and pointed moment in time in the fall of 2016 Mark Leidorf who wrote the book of Ruth which was an off-Broadway musical came up with the idea to do Christmas carols rewritten into anti-Trump lyric and everyone thought that was a great idea and so he got to work. And, you know, the plan was for us to start going around and caroling at all of the big sort of Christmas installations or events around New York City. We called ourselves Gagnog. And we, you know, started doing these carols. It's beginning to look a lot like impeachment. History repeats. He's got justice to obstruct, but his cover-up sure sucks. The dirty deed is right there. Read his tweets! Our, our, our number one with a bullet that first Christmas season was uh, Donnie the Con Man. Got, got a few write-ups. People loved it. Wherever we went, we would get a crowd of people. People would, you know, would applaud us. Uh, everyone knows those songs. So the songs would suck them in, and, the, and then they'd start hearing the lyrics, and then they'd crack up, and it was, it was so much fun. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Grabby Paws is coming to town. And then, after the Christmas season was over, after the last the last day of caroling, we caroled in the Union Square Market. And I was talking with Mark, and he said, well, now what we've got to do is we've got to rewrite patriotic standards. So Mark got to work on doing that, and, even, and he also added in some kind of standards. Since then, it was always sort of joining in marches and singing and traveling around and singing. But, you know, something that had begun as a part of Gays Against Guns had expanded. And so now we had, we had members of Rise and Resist. We just had other people that were just into doing these snarky songs. And so Mark rebranded it as Sing Out Louise. And we are adding to our repertoire constantly in a time when 
it's very easy to feel that there's no there's no goodness left in the world. It is these groups that really allow you to remember that there is still goodness, that it is still possible to make a difference. Jay is still an active member of Rise and Resist and Gays Against Guns. We'll talk with him in just a moment about the midterm elections and why everybody needs to find a way to get involved. Jay, thank you so much for your story and for being here. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Nicole. Why are the midterm elections so important to all of the issues that you're fighting for? The midterms are really the only bulwark we have against this Trump administration becoming completely entrenched in our politics. What we're seeing right now is this willful disregard for, for truth, for responsibility in any way for what the Trump campaign has done, what the Trump administration is doing. It's as though they are willing to just throw out everything about what this country is supposed to be and just ignore it for the sake of getting tax cuts for their rich benefactors. It's become clear that there are no Republican lawmakers who are willing to attempt to have any sort of moral authority, the Republican Party has just decided to allow its most base, most vulgar, most hateful, most ignorant aspects to take supremacy over the party as a whole. And so that's why this midterm is so important. We're at this tipping point where that party is going to have to decide what they are. And if they are allowed to maintain power, that is going to give them the, the, the impetus to assume that business as usual as it stands right now with the Republican Party is going to be the ethos that they exist under for the foreseeable future. Somebody listening to this for whom, you know, activism is not going to be a full-time job, but they're, they're inspired and ready to take some kind of an action and get involved in some way. What can you recommend somebody listening can do right now? Get involved in your local elections. Get involved in your school board elections. Get involved in your city council elections, your mayoral elections, your, your state legislature, your governor. Do that. Those are people that you can actually get to. Those are people that you can actually have a conversation with and they'll actually listen to you because those are micro constituencies. They actually need your vote. And they actually need your support. And we have, we've already seen that by Democrats and progressives getting involved in state elections that we're winning them. It works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. J.W. Walker, I want to thank you so much for being here on the podcast and in the world. You're amazing. Oh, thank you, Nicole. It's such a pleasure and honor to be here with you. 
Thank you so much to Jay for being with us on the podcast and for all the work you do and all of the joy you bring to the world in the process. You can find Gaze Against Guns and Rise and Resist in all of the social media places. We'll put links to all of the things in the show notes. This podcast comes from Art Humanity in Action and is produced and edited by Jeff Rose. Music for this episode is by Audioblocks and Nate Lineback. You can find more activist stories on the podcast and information about our live shows at arthumanityaction.com. And if you like what you hear, we'd love you to leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening and thank you for being in the world. Can you give us a line from one of your favorites? Sure. Let's see. Uh, oh, this is a good one. So, Mar a Lago, where the lies are thicker than the steak, and the weekend set will not say yet if there's any law you want to break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're my first guest to, I could get to sing a musical theater ish song. So, I, I think this podcast is done. <laughs>